Good evening, workshop community. Welcome back to the workshop where we create community, find freedom, promote preparedness, and share success. It's April 9th, 2022, and this is episode 93 of the workshop podcast. And yes, what a good evening it has been. What a great day it has been. Got a big goofy smile on my face. I was just uh, in a live video stream with Greg Arcade and a bunch of other people, and he was doing some country covers. I uh, just finished up with Country Boy by uh, Alan Jackson. Man, that man is talented. If you didn't catch his interview with Brian on the Lots Project today, you were missing out. It was good stuff. Plus, he's a Canadian. You gotta love him. So <laughs> we got Letty in here. We got Martinson family. How are you guys? So tonight, as you know, I just switched it up just a little bit. I decided I wasn't quite ready to do the Prepper Library episode. So I thought, hey, let's talk about post-apocalyptic fiction. Before we do it, we'll get the announcements. Today's tool out of the way. Man, has the Telegram group been growing. And I keep beating this horse, but I love the community over there. Just had, hey, Joseph, how are you, buddy? I just had another member come in just as I was going live tonight. So if you haven't, Go by, check that out. I pinned a comment in the chat, so no excuses. Grab that comment or grab the, the link. Come by, join us. See if it's your cup of tea or cup of coffee. Uh, from there, um, we have... So for anybody who is into the alternative social media platforms and that sort of thing, if you didn't know, I am on Rumble and Odyssey as well. So if you're not a big fan of YouTube, not a big deal. Or if you are uh, and you want to show some support, run by Odyssey, run by Rumble, subscribe over there, share the content, that would be great. And one more quick thing, we, a week from today, we are going to fly out, Becky and I, well, we're leaving to fly out a week from tomorrow, sorry, uh, to Nashville. So while I'm gone, the podcast, there's a bunch of pre-recorded and a few more pre-recorded that are on their way. Going to be a little different, but the same. <laughs> I always love saying that, but yeah, so it's going to be uh, about 15 to 20 minute episodes, we're going to do, I want to call it an introduction to prepping episode or series, because what it's going to be, there's always stuff you guys can learn, always stuff I can learn, but it's going to be like little digestible episodes that you can share with your friends. Or if people come in and they're like, I'm scared shitless, I don't know what's going to happen, blah, blah, you know, that kind of thing, then uh, share them with them. And then we'll, we'll compile it when it's all done, I'll compile it in one big long episode that we can share as well. But for the time being, it'll be, yeah, give you something something to think about while I'm gone. Hey, there's Greg Arcade. Thanks, man, for the shout out tonight. That was an awesome, awesome song. Ended just in time. I loved it. And so, like I said, if you guys follow me on social, I do eh, three, four times a week a section or segment called Today's Tool. So I'm going to start incorporating it into the podcast. And today's tool is a tool I use today. And that is the DeWalt PowerStack Battery. If you haven't used them buggers yet, they are incredible. Love them. I used it all day on my impact driver, installing a new garage door, and the thing just works like a charm. So if you're interested, check them out. They really do live up to the hype. They're lighter, smaller, faster, and more powerful with the same or better longevity than a battery that has, what, 20%, supposed to be 20% better. So it was... Just, yeah, it's a great battery. Anyway, if you're looking for it, link in the description below. There's one for a one-pack, two-pack. Like I said, anything you pick up through Amazon helps support the content we create. And I appreciate it. So I figured you guys seem to like when I kind of recap some of my projects I've done. So we'll, it's going to be a good episode tonight. It's going to be more of a laid back, you know, the whole works. But I figured I'd fill you in a little bit on what I'm up to. 
And uh, oh, quick dub says power stacks are supposed to be better in the cold as well. And I can believe that. And I, uh, yeah, you know what? So that's something that I was asked to test. And of course, it was a little too late for this year. But coming up next year with my minus 40 up here, we'll give it a go. But yeah, I'm definitely going to test them out. <laughs> something I have no shortage of is the cool, the cold. Yeah. And uh, uh, Joseph here, a good buddy of mine, fellow content creator. If you don't follow him, make sure you do. Yeah, the size and weight of the dude. <laughs> I like the dude. Uh, the size and weight is so nice. It They're just, there's just something about them. They're more compact. They're lighter. And the only thing I haven't got yet is that ultra compact impact driver. I almost bought it the other night. And then I said, nope, I'm going to save my gift card and get my uh, garage door. So I did. Howdy, little Klondike. So would we, uh, so yeah, first thing I learned a new skill or I'm working on a new skill. I ins uh, bought and installed my very first garage door for myself. Just finished it up. I haven't installed the, I bought a new opener as well. I had enough left over on my gift card. So we did that. So much fun. Always love learning new skills. Spent the whole day out in the garage and just taking your time. If, if you know how to follow instructions and you got a few, uh, you know, even basic kind of understanding of it, it's not bad. The, yeah. So, uh, Greg, the, yes, the 20 volt brushless driver. They're the they're, I don't, I, I'm sure Joseph has one, but they're ultra compact, like front to back. They're, I don't know, like three and a half inches or something. And I know that would be a killer. I've already got the atomic, which is great, but the, the ultra compact one, oh, man, I, that combined with the power stack battery, whew, that is a match made in heaven. I'm sure they brought out that on ultra compact knowing they had those power stacks coming because that is a combination that would be killer. So if you guys missed out i'm going to be in saluda north carolina in september for prepper camp the world or i don't know america's largest outdoor prepper expo going to be a, a guest speaker there talking about repairedness hey chris dixon is not 50 how are you buddy so that's exciting so if anybody's in that area and is going to be going to prepper camp i'd love to meet you you know get up meet in person it would be a lot of fun um yeah i already mentioned we're flying out and um oh started building a wicking bed for the daycare taking my time building it out of pressure treated before anybody says anything it's going to be lined with uh pool uh pond liner fa fabric material so you don't have to worry about that so I'll, i'm going to be doing a video on it so you'll see some more of that picked up a bunch of material to build a huge honking deck 16 by 24 because the uh the outdoor area at my wife's daycare resembles a pig pen right now too much mud and we can't keep on top of it can't keep the grass alive because it's so small the kids kill it anyway <laughs> and i got to give a shout out i forgot to tell her so she's not in here tonight but you guys know my partner in crime charlotte she's always in here well she's been working her little ass off babysitting <laughs> she is making as much money babysitting as some people make in a uh, minimum wage full-time job so i am ultra proud of her she's such a hard worker Got a bunch of content to get done up this week for you guys. I'm excited for that. Uh, yeah, we got a few videos coming up. Yeah, I, I, you know, a couple of generator videos, a couple of Dwalt videos, and um, five or six podcasts to record for you. And a really cool thing that really has not much to do with anything, but I'm sure you guys will like it. We're getting fiber optic here in town. So they're getting ready next month. We're on the list. We're already set up. So 10 times faster internet. Not that I have any issues now. But if any of you guys have any suggestions for other cool things I can do with even faster internet, you know, well, we won't go there. But anyway, yeah, send them along my way. And like I said, if you guys didn't catch Greg Arcade's 
interview today with uh, Brian from the Lots Project. It was awesome. Fellow Canadian, love him. His album just came out today. So if you're interested, give him a like. Uh, pick up the album. You can get it digitally. He's so good. Uh, GDR the Maker, how are you? Said, uh, I love my Ridgets, cheap and cheerful. And LSA, haven't had to use it yet, but it's there if and when. Yeah, they. it's funny. I never, okay, so Ridget, I guess I, I could be wrong about this, but in Canada, it's only available at Home Depot. In the States, I guess it's available a little bit more. Of course, Home Depot, the only one is really close, is an hour and a half away. So I don't mind it, but it is what it is. That's why I've never really gotten into it. Uh, Dave says, congrats on the gigabit. Yeah, I'm excited. Chris says, that's awesome. We've been on the list for eight years and nothing yet. So the cool thing about this fiber optic is it is a local company. They've been kicking ass and taking names, just trying to take all the business away from TELUS. I love seeing local companies get up and do it. So yeah, it's going to be a big deal. I'm glad other people are excited. I thought I'd be the only one. But when Becky told me, I'm like, okay, we need to look into it. The price is like equal. There's no cap on data usage. There's no throttling after a certain point. And they're going to come in and put a new Wi-Fi network in. We've just had shit internet for a long time. And it's just awful. Like, I can sit right next to the router, basically, and just constantly getting dropped. So, all right. So, I know why you guys came tonight. Or at least I, I know some of you did. Oh, we forgot to bring up our little banner here. Let's bring that up while we're talking. I know Letty's excited. So I was, like I said, I was going to talk about the Prepper Library, but I decided instead, this all came about from a conversation a couple of nights ago in the Telegram group. I think we've had like four people join since I started this live stream. So thanks, guys. But recently, I just Googled one of my favorite series, and it turned out that he's writing an 11th book in it that I didn't know was going to happen. And it was out. It was already out. And the audio is coming out May 1st. So that got us discussing books and post-apocalyptic fiction. And of course, if you uh, if you guys don't know Letty Lou, she's a co-creator of mine on the Fireside Freedom. You'll see her in here tonight. Uh, she, I got it mixed up one time. She's Loretta, Loretta Dreyer that you'll see. And we call her Letty Lou in the podcast. She's a big reader. She's already read the 11th book in the series. No spoilers. <laughs> but yeah, anyway. Um, so we're going to talk tonight about post-apocalyptic fiction. I got five. I didn't label it five tonight. I don't know why. I got one dud that I actually turned off. You guys ever walk out of a movie? Uh, I've only ever walked out of one movie in my life in the theater. <laughs> and you'll probably laugh when I tell you, but it was uh, Dude, Where's My Car? We nicknamed it Dude, Where's My Refund? Because it was a total steaming pile of horse shit. So I've gotten a lot more discriminatory over the years with my watching. And if I'm bored with something or don't like it, I turn it off. Theater is a different thing. But so there's one series in here that I got a book and a half in and called her quits on. So we'll talk about that toward the end. I usually leave that for the second to last. All right. So the first series we're going to talk about. So, okay. First off, these aren't in any order per se, but I <laughs> Biodome. Yes, Biodome. I believe you, Klondike. I was never a Polly Shore fan. I never got his appeal. Never liked that movie. So yeah, good, good one. I'm glad you walked out on that. <laughs> um, yeah, so these aren't in any particular order, but I will say the first one is my absolute favorite. And Letty will, Letty will know what it's going to be before we even start here. But it is the Going Home series. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, oh, yeah, hang on. While we're doing this, uh, do, 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 got to bring these up. I'm going to 
share my screen with you guys. Share screen, go there. So at least you can see. Uh, there. Okay. How's that? So this is the first series. And oh, yeah. Now, how are we going to do this, Tim? We're going to try to do everything all at once. Sorry, guys. Do, do, do. There. Okay. So I love this series. I'm going to tell you the author. And then, oh, Chris says they walked out of Biodome and 8mm. Yeah, 8mm was uh, quite the movie. Letty says she called it quits on 299 days. Um, we'll talk about that series after. So this is the first series. Written by A American. Uh, that's uh, short for Angry American, which is kind of cool. I love that name. <laughs> and um, I can't remember right at the moment his actual real name, but he was a contestant or, you know, on the original. If you guys watch a TV show alone, so he knows his shit. Really cool dude. Uh, did some research on him because I think I'm going to try to approach him and see if we can get him on the show. I'm, uh, this is great. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay. Rational Anarchist says, strangely enough, I'm re-listening to the Going Home series. I'm on Home Invasion. So, Rational, I'm right now listening to, re-listening to, let me bring it up here and I'll tell you which book I'm on. I'm I'm on book six. Which one is that? That's, um, anyway, so it's great. We're going back through, We're I'm re-listening to it. Nate from the um, Two Chicks Homestead podcast, he's re-listening right now. So I might as well throw this out here. I had, we've, Letty's been talking about it. I would love to do a book club of, for this series. So what I was thinking was we could call it the workshop bookshop. And once a month we could get together and talk about one book in this series. It would take us 11 months to do it. We could do it on a Saturday evening, just like this. It could be, and if anybody's interested in coming on like a, like an Oprah book club. Yeah, no. If anybody's interested in coming on and chatting, we could do a live roundtable discussion about the book spoilers and everything. And um, I think that would be a lot of fun. So if anybody's interested, I know Letty would be. Oh, and Chris is into the series right now too. So we could get Chris in on it. Anyway, I think it'd be a lot of fun. And I think it might be something that people might be into. So the Going Home series takes place uh, after an EMP, probably a false flag event. I'm going to, I'm going to summarize probably the first book. I won't do any spoilers, but I'll, you know, I'll tell you where it's set and that kind of stuff, but it takes place in Florida and main characters are Morgan, Thad, Jessica, and Sarge. And so really Morgan is the main character and he is a prepper, which is cool. And he has his, you know, get home bag. He's away from home for work and an EMP goes off. His car stops on the interstate. And the first book is him working his way home. Hence the name, the going home series. It is so stinking good. I don't know why I love it. So I, well, there's, there's a lot of reasons why I love it, but it's violent. You know, the languages are rated. So I enjoy that. Um, it doesn't fall into, you know, how a lot of post-apocalyptic, sorry, prepper porn fiction really leans heavily on the religious aspect. And I have no problem with that. It just sometimes really takes me out of the story. I don't know why. But it, anyway, this one, there's there's really none of that. So I enjoy it. But so, yeah, it takes place with him on the road, you know, dealing with all the hooligans that he has to. And it, um, as he's going along, he meets up with the two main characters, Thad, a big feller, just a heart of gold who's trying to get home to his family, a truck driver. And Jessica, she is, she was a college student who really didn't know a whole hell of a lot about anything. And she just wants to get back to her family. 
And the three of them kind of meet up and they have some, you know, exploits on the way home, trouble they get into, and then they split up. And it's just really, really, really good. He is just, <laughs> GDR says, I'm going to have to ask Greg why he's been keeping your show to himself. I never, uh, how have I never found you yet? Hey, that's all right. And GDR, if you're Canadian, give me a thumbs up. I'm not sure if you are, but it's so great. Um, so uh, Letty says, I love the var various levels of normalcy bias included in the book. It makes it so real. Yes, because there's so many people that are just like, I'll just wait around until, you know, I'll wait for the vehicle or I'll, I'll wait here at the rest stop until, you know, um, Homeland Security or FEMA come through and help us out or we'll just, you know, everything's always been fine. Even, even Morgan's wife suffers from normalcy bias in the book a lot. And that's okay. Not a big deal. But it, yeah, Letty's absolutely right. And it's gritty. I, I will say the first book, and this is something that prepper porn, um, if you're not familiar with that term, it's just, you know, books, <laughs> uh, prepper fiction about having to be a super prepper, right? Oh, North, oh, wow. I'm in uh, East Central Alberta, an hour south of Provo, of, uh, I'm in Provost, an hour south of Lloydminster, uh, GDR. So that's awesome. Cool. Yeah, so books yeah, it's so good. And, but again, the first book does lean a little heavily into gear lists. I never found it overpowering. Other books, more so, we'll deal with a little bit further down the road. But it, yeah, it was just really, really good. And some of the cool things, like you have to deal, the Homeland Security is kind of the bad guys in this, of course. And so is the US Postal Service. They're using the Postal Service to. Ah, I don't like get people to come to these work camps. I don't want to give too much of it away because it's so, so good. But anyway, it, it's just a really rough and tumble book. He, and you know, it's, it's all about community and it's just, to me, it's about as realistic a portrayal as you'd probably see where the whole country is just thrown back in, I won't say the dark ages, but just thrown back a long ways and needing to deal with the repercussions. And, you know, one side of the government thinking they're doing this, the other side of the government doing that, a ton of military stuff. Um, the author, I'm sure, must have been military because the interactions between Serge and uh, the younger guys that he has are just, they're so funny and they're so real. And I love... Now I'm going to say this, uh, angry American, his, his humor is not politically correct. It reminds me of jokes we would have told, you know, as 13 year olds in grade seven. Like I just, and I don't mean that in a childish way. I just mean, it's just normal guy banter, you know, these guys in the military. And I love that about him. It, it's great. Nothing overly offensive. Although I'm sure some people would be offended by the humor in the book, but the book is just so good. Uh, Margaret says, just started reading it last night. Yeah, so we need to do a book club, guys. I cannot believe how many people are reading this right now. It's so crazy. Yet, Letty says, Sarge and his crew, they are literally the best. They are. I just, they're, yeah. The characters of all the books we're going to talk about, I'm going to say the characters are probably the strongest suit in this book. And they're probably the best well-developed characters of any of the series we're going to talk about. And... There's just, you just love them. <laughs> yep, mil-spec humor. Ain't that the truth? That's exactly what it is, GDR. And their humor is just awesome. Letty's up for a book club. See, I knew she would be. Uh, oh, and I missed one here. Rational Anarchist said, I'm a Southern Baptist, but also was a U.S. Marine, 93 to uh, double lot. 
and people not cussing in a stressful end of the world scenario is like watching a very old war movie. It lacks any realism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ain't that the truth. And uh, yeah, you know, rational, that's funny. You say that he says, I find it odd. We never find out the ranks of Sarge's guys. And I was just thinking about that earlier today. Like I, I listened to it the first time while I was uh, renovating an entire house that had been completely ransacked by dog shit. And I, I loved it, but I always find my first time through, I kind of get the, the themes of the book. And then the second time through, it's all about description and details and how much in, but yeah, you're right. You never do, you know, you have their names, but as far as their, their ranks, I don't know, maybe it just wasn't pertinent or maybe we will find out. Letty might know she's already read book 11. I really probably could have done an entire episode on this series because I love it that much. But so, yeah, it's just a downright all like, yeah, probably the most realistic and the biggest, <laughs> the house or the book, Tim, what did I miss there? Uh oh, um, oh yeah. <laughs> I probably just said something funny and misplaced what I was trying to say there with the, um, but yeah, so it is, they're all, it's a great story, a great series and check it out. That's probably enough for now because I think we are going to end up revisiting this series a few times. And I am absolutely going to try to get Angry American on the show. He was on Jack's show quite a few years ago, uh, shortly after he started this series. And the series is, well, 11 books in. Plus, uh, Letty, I don't know if you know this, but there are some spinoff books as well. And I've never read them yet. I was waiting to get through this series a second time, and then I'm going to go get them on Audible. So if you haven't checked those out, they're great. And book 11 just came out and book 12, he is currently writing. I just seen on Instagram, he was sitting there. Hey, James, how are you? Uh, Rational Anarchist said, get a few Marines, even in the same rank together, and they'll know who is senior in no time. <laughs> Good point. All right. So number two, let's bring this up here. See if we can get it to, to work. Whoops. Sorry, guys. Do, do, do. Probably going to close everything out and make it. Uh, there we are. So this one, if you guys haven't read this series... It is, it's not bad, okay? So the, the lady who writes it, um, I believe her first name's Lisa, but I might be wrong, but her pen name here is L.L. Akers. I followed her on Facebook on and off for a while. Super talented. When the books came out, there's always a long gap, like two or three years between books. And um, yeah, it's a female-centered protagonist, kind of. It's more maybe 50-50 male and female. It's really great. <laughs> Chris Dixon says he doesn't have enough credits for Audible. Maybe we'll have to do some Audible credit giveaways or something. That would be a lot of fun. So this book is... Um, all right, hang on here. We'll get in the right spot. Again, it is not an EMP, but a cyber attack on the power grid. So again, a nationwide power outage and needs to be dealt with but it's not an emp or at least it's not explained like that so very similar to going home in that sense but um a little bit different just a little different spin on it like i said and it's called fight like a man because like i said the the main uh, lady who wrote it she's writing about a lady and she basically has to look after herself on the road again and as you'll see uh, most prep prepper porn at some point involves the protagonist being a long ways from home and needing to fight their way back using just the preps they have and what they can scavenge along the way. Not a big deal at all. This series is definitely a notch down from going home. It's shorter. There's only four books in the series. 
The first three are pretty damn good. And then the fourth one, and I find this happens in a lot of series that I turn get turned off on. The fourth book really, you know, it has to do with relatives of the main characters. And it has to do with uh, nuclear fallout because there's a local nuclear strike. And it's called Wait Like a Stone. And of course, if anybody is a Chris Cornell fan, it that is an illusion or, you know, talking about the Audio Slave song, uh, I'll Wait for You Like a Stone, because they have to be in a fallout shelter and they just have to sit around and just exist for quite a while. And I'm a big fan of movies that take place in one small place with just a few people. But the book just didn't quite do it for me. And I never quite finished it yet. So I might be done with the series if there's another one that comes out. It's not bad. It's PG-13 kind of-ish. So, you know, it's like, uh, like they'll say things like the shoot hit the fan or whatever. You know, it, it's not bad. And it, it yeah, it, it's totally okay. So the main characters are Grayson. That's the husband. Uh, wife and mom, Olivia. Daughter, Gracie. And uh, Rowan, of course. His name is G-R-A-Y-S-O-N. So I think it's a play on the idea of being a gray man, you know, just staying below the surface, not being noticed by people, that kind of stuff. So dad is a prepper and he's always looking out for his girls. Daughter Gracie is away at college and the dad stashed away quite a well put together bug out bag, get home bag in her car that she didn't really know about. Give her a note after he left her at college and said, if you ever need it, here it is. So she waits out at college for a while and eventually says, I got to, you know, stake out on my own and work my way home. And of course, you can imagine some of the situations that the poor ladies end up in. And the mother is away with her two sisters a long way away on a, like a girl's weekend or whatever. And again, you know, she she learned a lot from her hubby, but she has to stand on her own. And so this is kind of the twist. Whereas going home was the guy's out on the road and he has to get back to his family in SHTF. I call it the fight like a man series. The hubby's at home and he's doesn't know. He has no information. He's like, well, can I, you know, where's my family? And I, I don't know how to get to him. And the women have to make their way back to the hubby. And it's kind of cool. I enjoyed it. It, it's not a bad series. It's a lot shorter. I, I want to say, I mean, I've read prepper porn and post-apocalyptic fiction for a lot of years, but I really got into it two years ago and a uh, little Klondike said they've read this one. What did you think? So I would say maybe three years ago, actually I started, and this was the first series I read and I enjoyed it. And then I went right into going home from there. And I was like, ah, oh, okay, not bad. And I think that's why when I went back because Wait Like a Stone come out later on. And so it was like, yeah, you know. So yeah, this isn't a bad book. It's definitely above some of the free stuff that I've attempted to listen to on Audible. That's one thing I like now. If anybody can remember what the name of it is, I want to say it's Audible Unlimited, but I'm not really sure. But with your Audible subscription now, you get a whole like access to a whole bunch of free Audible books. And I've actually listened to a bunch on there. And some have been good. Some have been bad, and we'll do a whole episode on that down the road. But um, so Rational Anarchist says, I have a rule on Audible. They must be nearly 10 hours long for me to spend a credit on them. I, I feel you there. I almost feel like I'm wasting my money because credits aren't cheap. Now, I'm not sure what they are in the States, but they're $15 in Canada. And, you know, that's still cheaper than buying the audiobook, like off the shelf. 
pardon, you know, it's not really off the shelf, but you know, and it's way cheaper than when we used to have to buy 38 cassettes to listen to Stephen King's The Stand. But yeah, I get you. I, I try not to spend my credits on something I don't have to, but I, I have been going through the uh, free ones quite a bit. And so like for the last three or four months, I didn't use a credit. So I have five credits saved up. Um, from here, we got, uh, oh, oh, we got a fun one in here. I'm going to have to, we got a, we're going to block you user. See you later. Yep. They're gone. Yeah. Pretty sure rational anarchist said, uh, pretty sure it's audible unlimited. Yeah. And it's a great, it's a great little add on that I've enjoyed, but yeah. So the SHTF fight like a man series, it's, it's definitely a notch down from, uh, the going home series. All right. So the next one we have, this one's really cool. <laughs> Go away, perv. Yes, you're right, Rational. So if anybody has read this one, this is the, the most different of all the book series in my list tonight. And I loved this book. Carrie Brown, good buddy of mine. He's been on the show. Uh, he was on the after party with us one time, just an all-around hardworking guy from Tennessee. The very first uh, episode I did on post-apocalyptic movies, he said, Tim, if you're looking for a book recommendation, check out World Made by Hand by James Howard Kunstler. <laughs> Kunstler? <laughs> That's one of them names that can get you in trouble. Now, when I said Going Home was the best series of characters in this list, <clears throat> World Made by Hand is by far the best at world building. Now, I'll warn you, it's only a four book series. So you're going to finish it a lot quicker than any, well, than some of the other series on here. Uh, Chris says he has this one queued up too. Now, the best part about this series is all four books, at least for Audible Canada, are 100% free in Audible Unlimited. So I listened to this whole series over a couple of months and didn't have to use a single credit. Now, it takes place in upstate New York after peak oil. This one's completely different. So life has gone back to a rural kind of mindset. And I, I just, I'm, I'm talking about the book now and I can still just picture everything. The setting, he writes like uh, Quentin Tarantino shows a movie. He gets, like Quentin Tarantino one time was asked, how do you get such good dialogue from two characters? And he says, well, I just put them in a room and I get them talking to each other and I see what happens. And that's what I like about Kunstler. He just takes the time, he lets his characters talk He'll just follow them down the side of the road while they have a conversation. And as they're going down talking, he'll describe the world they're in. And it is it, it almost feels like you're living on like a, a Mennonite or an Amish community because everything has just kind of... This takes place quite a few years after peak oil and after the great... I want to call it the great salvage, they called it. And this, this book is what inspired last week's episode on post-apocalyptic salvage. But it was a great one. Um, so yeah, they they went around and collected a lot of the iron for the war effort, and um, because they had a big war with, I want to say it was Israel or something in the Middle East. It was a really weird situation. Uh, yeah, take care, Chris. Always love having you. And um, so anyway, excellent book. It takes place in upstate New York, and the main characters are Robert Earl, who is a carpenter, and Brother Job, who is when you first meet him. He seems like he's a cult leader. And the more you know about him, he still kind of seems like a cult leader, but that's okay. 
He's part of a religious sect that comes to Robert Earl's town, buys the local school, decides to spruce it up, make a lot of improvements to the school, a lot of improvements to the town. Now, the first book is like 100% focused on Robert Earl. And like I said, he's a carpenter. He has to salvage everything he does. He does great work. He works for silver, mostly junk silver, you know, old dimes and quarters and 50 cent pieces, that kind of stuff. And his best friend is the pastor in town, the reverend, and they, they spend a lot of time chatting and walking and just talking about what the world's like. And each book kind of changes the focus a little bit. But what I found was after the first book, the focus goes from strictly on Robert Earl to then on everybody. Brother Job, the, well, yeah, never mind. I was going to tell you something that might spoil it, so I won't do that. But anyway, so yeah, the, the focus splits up a little more on Robert Earl, Brother Job, and they... The whole thrust of the local economy is they're on a river and goods have to be floated up and down the river. And one of my favorite parts of the whole book is that they use mules and the mules are, so it took me a while to figure this out, but the mules, from what I can understand, walk along the side of the river, I believe, and they're tied to these barges and they have young people that work on these boats and they just follow, they, they walk with the mule and they, 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 the guy talks about how the sunshine is so nice. And he just, the best part of his job is just walking these mules or donkeys or whatever they are along the riverbank, pulling these barges along. And it's just so peaceful. It kind of reminds me of like Huck Finn or whatever. And yeah, it's, it's post oil, uh, post peak oil. There's nothing left. I mean, there's still supplies, but nothing new is being made. So you have to make do with what there is. You know, there's um, generator fly, is it flywheels or whatever it is. There's parts that keep wearing out. Some people set up like hydropower. And then some people are just, again, the whole normalcy bias. They're still just kind of sitting around like, well, I guess we'll just survive. And they're not worried about rebuilding things. And so it's just, yeah, it, it's really... This book series is so good. Now, if you're ever hoping to get another book in this series, it probably won't happen. Uh, James Kunstler is an odd bird in the best way. He, you know, he has some libertarian leanings, but he's been asked, he's like some creators when you ask them, like, I, I remember one time I messaged a director, uh, J. Michael Straczynski on Twitter. And I said, Hey, are you ever interested in making more episodes of Jeremiah? And he basically messaged me back. Hell no. It's the worst experience of my life. And I thought, Oh, okay. And Kunstler's like that a bit about his books. He's like, ah, I've been there. I've done that. That's it. I'm not doing anymore. So it sounds to me like there'll never be another in this series. And that's okay. I mean, we don't always need new books. I mean, look how Hollywood has just absolutely ruined so many nice, you know, so many series of movies that we loved that are just not even yeah anyway sometimes it's just better to live with what you have like sometimes i think we'd be better off if all we had was the first matrix movie but that's another story um letty says i remember learning that about the early days of the early canal same type of thing she said how the mules horses oxen etc pulled the boats and barges and gdr says mule skinners ran barges on the rivers and canals for hundreds of years mules ox and draft horses have all supplied the motivation I love that. Yes, really. Yeah. I just, there was something so just, I don't know. They, they take the time, like they talk about how they're going to, they rebuild a newspaper. <sighs> One guy wants to put together a softball team. 
ton, like there's a lot of violence in this. Oh, something else to mention. There is some um, magic. I don't know if you, I don't even know if I'd call it magic, but supernatural in this. There's definitely a supernatural element to the series, but not to the point where it's like, say like the uh, Dark Tower series with Stephen King. So you don't have to worry about that. I mean, if, if you're not into that kind of thing, but it, yeah, it's just not, it's not that bad. I enjoyed it and definitely take your time. I wanted more. I really, really wanted more. Like there's just every, I, as I read, as I'm telling you about this, I just remember so many cool stories, like where uh, Robert's girlfriend has a run in with a bear and it just, the way Kunstler writes, it just puts you right in the story. Uh, Rational has some suggestions here. Uh, Alas, Babylon. I think I've read that. Um, on the beach was really good, really dark. Uh, Lucifer's hammer lights out are my favorite standalone novel. And I said, lights out, unfortunately, isn't available on audible. Oh, okay. I've seen that a few times and wondered, I couldn't find it. Um, sounds interesting. The idea of skipping the collapse and picking up a little later. That's kind of what I like. It's like, um, here, so here's another one. If, if you haven't gone back, I did a series on, oh, rewatchable, most rewatchable nineties, post-apocalyptic shows. And Jeremiah was, it. it's definitely dated now. And it's kind of weird, but it takes place 15 years after the big death. So I like that. It, you know, anybody under the age of 13 survived, anybody over 13 died. And they just, they tell the story of these kids who grew up without parents and how they had to put the world back together. So yeah, it's, it's really neat. But this world made by hand, holy cow. If you haven't watched, if you haven't read it, take a minute and do it. Okay, so the next one, now this is the one that Letty said she wasn't super keen on, and I understand why. I like it. Uh, 299 Days, written by Glenn Tate. He is the co-host of Prepping 2.0 podcast. He is an original admin for the Survival Podcast, uh, Facebook, or not Facebook, the Survival Podcast Forum. Just an all-around really cool guy. Had an awful run-in with COVID this year, like to the point where uh, his wife didn't necessarily know how well he was going to do. And, I mean, he lives the life. He just moved to Montana from Washington State a year, two years ago, to get out of the liberal city or the, the liberal state. And just a, a really, really cool guy. He's been on the Survival Podcast a bunch of times. Super intelligent. Anyway, so that's about the author, if you haven't read these books. Now, it's a 10-book series. It talks about Grant Mattinson, or Mattinson, who's a lawyer and who is as unpronounced as, or sorry, unpronounced, as unprepared as you're going to find. He is the anti-prepper. And yes, so this is, yeah, Rational, this is one of my things here. He, Rational says, I enjoyed 299 days, mostly because it seemed a little more realistic and less dramatic in how things happened. And that is probably... This book series is probably the one that I related to the most. So Grant, the main character, goes from completely unprepared. Now, one thing is he has um, a non-supportive spouse. It's not that his wife doesn't love him. She just doesn't really get the whole uh, prepping thing. She, you know, And he hides a lot of it because I think he's a bit ashamed. And he takes it upon himself to do tactical training and to stock up a cabin he just he spends a lot of years he just kind of feels like it's kind of like the Noah in the ark story and uh yeah freedom media course has enjoyed the tate series uh, yeah it is really it is it's not bad 
it is slower, less dramatic, like you guys said. Uh, Vonnie says, uh, Glenn, Glenn is a horrible writer. It's difficult to believe that he's an attorney. He really needed an editor. The grammar mistakes were like that. Yeah. So, yes, that was something else I noticed. I forgot to put in my notes that there were some some people, and I, it was probably self-edited. I don't know. Uh, but, but the book, overall, the tone of the book, the concept of the book, some of the characters, they weren't bad. I love the underground podcast, how they were burning them on CDs and passing them around. I love kind of the guerrilla warfare of the guy that would go out at night and spray paint. This one was dealing with financial collapse. As far as all of the characters, I would say I relate to uh, the Matt to Grant the most. I really enjoyed his transformation from unprepared to prepared. I like their cottage community like it's a it's not a gated community but it's it's easily defendable you know there's a lot of military stuff in it it is much slower it's a a slow burn and it is uh okay so what didn't i like about 299 days again and you guys will say well it's just because you're an atheist or whatever doesn't matter but th there's a lot of religious content in it like kind of to the point that there's that uh what is it Duex motion or the, the hand of God anyway is kind of there pushing all the time that there's like this unspoken, it's not real clear where it is, but yeah, there's, there's that. And then the other part, um, was how preachy 299 days is. That's the downside to it. Okay. It, it's so much like, Instead of talking about solutions or what the guy can do, there's so much tearing down of, of the left. And, you know, it's to the point where I'm just like, you realize that there's two wings to the same bird and the right and the left both do this shit. And like the entire collapse is based on the left. And I understand, like, I love to shit on the left like the rest of them, but it just gets a little tiresome in this series after a while. I enjoy it. There's a lot to this series to like. There is, you know, again, the whole listing thing. It gets a little bit old, but there's a lot to like in this series. And there's some that you're not going to like. Uh, so take it with a grain of salt. It's a 10-book series. Um, now, this, is, this series also follows the same trappings as a lot of other series. Now, I don't know this for sure, and I could absolutely be wrong, and I hope I don't get a slap for it. But I'm guessing this was originally supposed to be a nine-book series. Because it really ends up, <laughs> no, I'm not, Letty, uh, but we can talk about it. Uh, Letty asked if I'm going to bring up the Left Behind series. I got a whole uh, personal connection to that series, and we can talk about it in a minute. So the book really ends, the book series really ends at book nine, but it's a 10-book series, or at least it's sold as a 10-book series. And the 10th book is called 43 Kernels. And it really is basically a collection of short stories put together based around the happenings in 299 days. Yeah, it's not, uh, I didn't like it. I didn't finish it. So to me, the series is nine books. Hey, John Palmer, nice to have you. And I left it at that. So yeah, it is what it is. A lot of violence, a little bit of swearing, but again, it's mostly, if I remember, and if somebody else can tell me, I think, think there's a lot of those made up swear words in this, but I can't remember for sure. Um, yes. Yeah, so Freedom Media Corp says, uh, editing is expensive, about five to six cents a word. My first book was $3,000. Holy shit. Wow. That's crazy. Uh, 
Bonnie Blue says, I hate prepper books that push bad theology. I finally had to stop reading Mark Goodwin for that reason. What does uh, Mark Goodwin write? I'm not familiar with that author. And yeah, I just honestly, I mean, it is what it is. And I understand if theology is a part of your life, great. I just, I enjoy prepper porn that just doesn't have a supernatural aspect to it. That's why I was surprised that I enjoyed World Made by Hand because World Made by Hand was great. Yep, Rational Anarchist, The Stand was my first one too, and it is my first love. I'm going to do standalone books another night. <laughs> but yes, I love The Stand. It's I'm a Stephen King fanboy, even though, you know, his, eh, whatever. I We talked about this, I think we did, in the um fireside one night but you can definitely separate the artist no it was in uh the after party last week you can separate the artist from the art and that's okay but i love the stand and i i read most all of stephen king's new stuff so letty wants to take a left turn and talk about left behind so for those of you who don't know or do know i spent uh, i did a four-year university uh bachelor's degree uh, training to be an evangelical pastor and during those four years, it was 99 to 2003. It was the heyday of Left Behind. And I never read a single book of it. I watched the movies. Everybody was bragging about them. I was sick to my stomach even thinking about them. I had no interest in it. And I'm sure they're okay. I just, they weren't my shtick. I've shared with you guys before, growing up, I went to, you know, not a horribly strict church, but we watched a lot of these movies that were called A Thief in the Night. If anybody's seen them, they're super cheesy, but they literally scared the shit out of me as a kid. You know, I was like five to 10. So they're basically like, yeah, you know, if you, you're going to wake up someday and your mom and dad are going to disappear. And the movies were awful. The, the, yeah. And so I think that fear is what got me into prepping and a whole bunch of other stuff. But yeah, so I haven't read Left Behind. I just can't do it. Um, yeah, so, oh, geez, you guys are all, this is great. Uh, Freedom uh, Media says, you just said you didn't like supernatural prepping content. Isn't that all zombie books? I wouldn't consider, I, I would consider zombie like body horror, you know, or like uh, medical horror or something like that. But you're right. I mean, it's still fiction, but, and I guess it could be. Um so Letty says the pages and pages of straight up Bible passages in the last few books drove me insane. And I just skipped them. And to be honest, you talk to a hundred, you know, Bible believing Christians and 50 of them are like pre-trib 50 of them are post-trib and nobody can even, nobody even knows anyway. So the books are basically what they are. And if somebody wants to share their thoughts on them some night, I'll gladly have you on for a little chat. I just, they're not my cup of tea. Uh, GDR says, 299 was a bit hard to finish. It got real deep on pulling your ass up from nothing. It does better in audio a bit. Glenn did a pretty reasonable job as a newbie writer. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, <laughs> I hate to, to, to slam on people and shit on people because if I sat down and tried to write a book, well, I am. But I mean, if I tried to write fiction, I don't even know how I would do it. And yeah, um, a couple of these series get to be a bit of a slog toward the end. I enjoyed 299 enough that I finished it, so I didn't actually shut it off. So there's that. Uh, where do we go from here? Okay, so this is the companion series. Um, I won't lie. This is uh, by Shelby Gallagher. That is Glenn's now wife and co-host on the Prepping 2.0. I didn't enjoy this series as much. I'm pretty sure I finished it. Actually, no, I know I did. It's a four-book series. It 
focuses on the main characters, Julie Atwood. She's a single mom whose hubby left her for a younger woman. And he's an absolute piece of shit. So it is there, you know, she start. what I loved about it was she was a single mom who had, didn't have two dimes to rub together, had to coupon to get by for her family, had to scrimp and save, but she managed to, she knew something was wrong. It was very similar to Grant in 299 days. And it was, so she knew something was wrong. She felt it like we do sometimes when we're prepping, right? And she went into it and said, I need to prep. I need to get going. I need to. And so she did what she could. She stretched her money. She, I loved, it reminded me of where Becky and I was. Oh, maybe it is three. Maybe there's a fourth. Anyway, sorry. It could very well be a three book series. I get my numbers mixed up as I go along. So yeah, um, people in the audience are saying it's a three book series. It's probably just a three book series. Sorry about that guys. So yeah, she's scrimping and saving. I remember, you know, saving up to buy my, my first, my first gun that I didn't inherit. And I had to scrimp and save and find, I even saved bottles to do it. Right. And so I really, um, kind of went along with her. I really found, I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm a bit like that. But so it wasn't bad. And she wrote the first book on spec before she knew Glenn and brought the book. That's how they met was basically she wanted him to read it over and either edit it or critique it. And I, I guess they kind of found a relationship through there afterwards, which was kind of cool. And this book takes place in Colorado as opposed to uh, where Grant Mattinson's book takes place. But they are loosely connected. They they take place in the same universe. And her whole thing is she needs to get to her family's cabin in Colorado, I believe. And it's just, it's really cool. It's It's a little more contained. It's a shorter series. It's not bad. It's definitely two or three notches below going home or world made by hand. And I would even say it's probably one notch below 299 days. Although the shortness of it really, really makes it, you know, that's a, a positive in my, in my mind for sure. Uh, Bonnie Blue says, at this point, my favorite post-apocalyptic writer is Franklin Horton. The Borrowed World, Mad Mick, and Locker 19 Grace Under Fire series. We'll have to check that out. Yeah, so Letty, that is the best part of this series. She says, I like seeing her, uh, that's Julie Atwood, the main protagonist, transition from couponer to prepper. And I did too. Uh, do you remember, if I want to, I can't remember how it went, but I think she like, if her dad got her a gun for Christmas, anyway, she, she was saving up her little bit of extra money. Because I remember being in that situation where she was always like, okay, if I pay all my bills, I'll have a hundred dollars left over at the end of the month. And she saved up that hundred dollars for three or four months so she can get a gun. And then she got the gun training and it was, it was just really, uh, it was, it, it was empowering and it showed how you could do something with nothing. And I really liked that. L Letty says, and how her mindset changed over the course of the books. Yeah. She went from being a victim to being, you know, from a victim to a survivor, to a thriver, to a prepper, and just absolutely the definition of a strong female character. And I loved it. It's a great, it, it is a pretty good series. And like I said, um, she's Glenn's wife. Shelby is a pseudonym. I don't know. I don't think anybody knows her real name. She, she usually wears a face mask that says I miss America on it. She's a pretty neat character. I, I like following her on, on Facebook and yeah, it's enjoyable. And I, Again, I hate to, well, no, I mean, that's why I'm here. I'm critiquing media, but I'm going to be the first one to say that I couldn't write a quarter as good as some of these guys. So 
Uh, okay, now that is the five, the five that I really liked or I enjoyed. Um, I'm gonna have to check out this Franklin Horton series that you guys are talking about here. And who else? Yeah. Um, now the one series. Now you guys can the anybody want to guess? Well, maybe you can see it. Let's bring it up. So here is the series, Patriots. Now this was always the book that I would hear. If I was in a survival forum or if I was chatting with people in the survival podcast forum or on the MeWe page, so many people would brag up Patriots, a novel of survival in the coming collapse. First off, the title alone is like, okay, so there is a coming collapse. Like you're basically taking for granted that there is. Now, if I got this right, it's a five book series. Yes. So Rational Anarchist, the audible of Patriots is absolutely unbearable. So I need to say that all of these are, um, I've listened to every one of these in audible because that's how I consume my media at this point. And Letty says, I really like the one second after trilogy. I didn't talk about that tonight because when we, when I do my standalone books, we'll talk about, it. I loved one second after I only got halfway through, I think the second one is one year after, and I turned it off. I got, it just didn't seem to have the same magic as the first book. I don't know why it is. Uh, maybe I should have stuck with it because there was some world building going on. And uh, yeah, well, I may revisit it or give that second book a second chance. Now, James Wesley Rawls, is that it? Yeah, Rawls, I don't know how you pronounce it. Anyway, so I can see how some people would like this. But to be honest, I think it would be the tactical kind of guys that hang out at the army surplus stores on the weekends and telling war stories that never happened. I'm, and if that's you, I'm sorry. I didn't mean anything by it. But the book series is, so what did I like about it? Well, it was a really neat take on the mag groups and mutual assistant groups. And these guys got together in college. They became preppers. But these, the book is absolutely almost non-readable it would have been better i think that he should have put this i don't i don't even know i don't know how he could have wrote it i mean it's a financial collapse book which is kind of cool it goes through hyperinflation and the dollar being devalued i like that about it it was kind of neat i even remember when i was listening to this i was mowing a big lawn out of town but the lists, the gear lists, what it should have been, he probably could have eliminated half, probably could have made Patriots just a single long novel and then made a companion, I don't know, 100 to 200 page book of gear lists because that's what this is. This book is basically a whole bunch of gear lists linked together by some so-so fiction. Like it just doesn't do it for me. It is such a slog. And I mean, and I'm not saying, it's not like a list like, okay, well, if you're going to stock up a pantry, you need, you know, corns and beans and that kind of, it, it's like, and I mean, if you're into this, it's great, but it was like um, AR-15 and it would talk about the minutia of why this one was better than that one. And it was basically, it felt like a guy just sharing his knowledge, which is okay. Maybe not sharing, but bragging about all the shit that he knew. I just, I couldn't stand it. I turned it off. I, I'm not, I can't even remember if I made it all the way through the first book, but it was so unbearable. And it it's the most overtly religious as well, which is fine. 
it just was so so bad and like you said the audio is just you're sitting there you want to get lost in the world and i think this is the biggest part of it the reason i love fiction is because it allows you to get lost in a world and you know what are the willing suspension of disbelief but what happens with patriots is you're five ten minutes in you're kind of enjoying the story a little bit and all of a sudden they go into a four-page diatribe listing every little piece and why everything needed to be standardized and you're just like i'm done you just keep taking me out of the world and i don't yes that's what to some rawls reads like encyclopedias now i'm not saying now here's the thing if you like it cool i'm sure there's lots of people that cannot stand stephen king because stephen king is so descriptive it can be almost like yeah if, if you're not into that kind of thing a lot of people say stephen king should be um what do you call it uh he should have a good editor and that's what they said about the director the writer and director of sons of anarchy i can't think of his name right now kurt Sa kurt kurt something anyway he really you know sometimes people just kind of believe their own hype and like i said i think patriots would have been better as two books a standalone say eight nine hundred page novel with a companion source material kind of resource book because it just didn't do it for me um in patriots the narrator uh yeah so rational says in patriots the narrator's obnoxious accent makes it even worse yeah and i've talked about that i've chatted with the the ladies in uh the fireside freedom one day and a, a um oh, that's something we should mention here so the narrator for an audiobook either makes or breaks a book the um Will is it Will Patton does a lot of Stephen King's books. He is friggin' incredible. And Duke Fontaine does the Going Home series. And he is just so, so good. You what I love about Duke Fontaine when he's narrating an audiobook is you know who the character is based by the inflection in his voice. He doesn't do accents, he just does different sounding voices, and that's what I like. It's not cheesy it's not put on it's just really you can tell you know like um uh, thad is a deeper voice and sarge is a scratchier voice and the main character morgan is 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 his voice and then when he does a female character it's just ever so slightly uh up you know just a little higher pitch right well rational anarchist just sold me on this he said will Patton did a last babylon he is probably the best my favorite audiobook narrator for sure. Uh, and Chris says, you find a bad audiobook and you crank up the speed so it sounds like Chip and Dale arguing and have a good laugh. Yeah, I've done that. Even some of Stephen King's books, I've turned up to like 1.75 and, and enjoyed them and, and, and remembered the stuff from it. But yeah, sometimes you need to. So Chris, yeah, he will is so good. Mr. What was the one? Uh, Mr. Carrington's phone, I believe it was, was a short story. It was one of the best short stories Stephen King wrote. And you could just, everything about it, you can tell he just does his his homework and his research and he embodies every single character. We could probably do an entire show on audiobook narrators. That's really funny. <laughs> um, Bonnie Blue 2A says, uh, at Martinson Family, I thought Rawls wrote pretty similarly to his blog post. The blog's a bit like an encyclopedia too. Yeah, it. Yeah, I can see that. It, it just feels like he put everything together it's like he had a lot of gear lists and he's like, you know, this is cool. I could make a book out of this. 
And there probably is a good story. I mean, there is a good story in there, but there's just too much that takes you out of the setting, the world that you just can't really enjoy it so much. Um, Bonnie Blue says, Bobby Ackert's Boston Brahmin series is pretty good too. I will have to check that out. Um, yeah. Oh, and Rational says, I've really enjoyed Matt Bracken's Enemies Foreign and Domestic series. The Audible is very amateurish. <laughs> what is wrong? <laughs> but I tolerate it for the story. Yes. Um, you know, uh, to be absolutely upfront, for a lot of years, actually, okay, when I first started listening to podcasts, I had a hard time listening to female podcasters. And I'm not sure why. It wasn't that they didn't have good content. It wasn't I didn't enjoy what they were talking about. But I think it took me a few years for my brain to get used to listening to, I don't know, like I, I just the higher pitched or the different sound. There are some ladies who do some, okay, so I listened to Sleeping Beauties last summer. That was a co-written book between Owen King, that's Stephen King's son, and Stephen King himself. And the lady who did that was incredible. But for a couple of years, I didn't listen to a lot of female podcasters. And I, I, may, I don't know why. I just, but now I listen to tons. But it, it's all about the sound. If, if the person's voice kind of resonates with your ears, I know, right, Letty? I'm a dick. And that's, I'm just being absolutely 100% transparent here. And it had absolutely nothing to do with it. Letty's just busting my balls here, guys. But I, I just, I wanted to share that. So if any, does anybody else ever have problems listening to certain narrators or certain voice types? Because I, I've always had an issue with sounds anyway, but yeah. And, but now, you know, I listen to Amy, I listen to Nicole, I listen to Letty, but it just took me a while. And I think it's because all the audiobooks I listened to growing up were basically Stephen King audiobooks, and, and they were mostly done by, you know, three or four male narrators. And it took a while for my brain to change, I guess. I don't know. Um, yes. And uh, Freedom Media Course says, sometimes King is so long-winded, I can only go through it in audiobook. Duma Key, yeah, Duma Key was a slog. I did finish it, and it was just okay, but it was not... Yeah, it, there's Stephen King's books. There, yeah, there. I would say he's gone through a renaissance, though, and basically anything he's written in the last ten years has been just about gold. I love his recent stuff, right back to the one about JFK. He written some of those hard boiled. What do they call them? Hard boiled crime fiction books. Those are incredible too. Uh, what else have I read? Oh, the entire Mister Mercedes three four part series, depending on how you want to look at it. Those are incredible. I just read the, was it the Institute last summer? Billy Summers made me cry. I don't think I've ever cried for an audiobook before, but I'm driving along and I'm like, oh my God, it's so good. It was such a good book. And it, yeah, even the ending was good, but we won't go into that. Um, and Letty says, you're not the only one who said that about women. And she said, Jack Spierko's voice drove me insane for the longest time. Here's something else. And now, of course, in the day of live streaming, it's not a big deal. But I grew up listening to AM radio, AM talk radio, and I love talk radio. And of course, I would spend years listening to these guys and never, you, you picture somebody like, so I listened to Jack for years before I even knew what he looked like. And you have a picture in your mind. And then when you finally see him, you're like, well, shit, that's not who I pictured. And that was the way with uh, Tom Young from Talk of the Town in uh, uh St. John, New Brunswick, the local talk radio they had there. I pictured him for years and I seen the picture. I was like, oh, 
he has a face for radio. God rest his soul. He's passed away since, but he was probably my inspiration for why I love podcasting so much. Um, Rational Anarchist said, I'm a Miss Mississippi boy. I've had a hard time with certain strong Yankee accents, especially a man with a higher voice. A deeper voice can make it more bearable. Uh, yes. Freedom Media Corps says, whiny, high-pitched, I can't handle. And yeah, I think that the, the whiny, high-pitched is. that 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 That's my big thing for sure. And um, and Chris says, I probably miss out on a lot of great content because if I can't listen to your voice, I'm out. Yes. And uh, us funny Canadians. Yeah, I knew it, you asshole. He, I knew he was going to say it. He goes, those Eastern Canadian guys are tough to bear. New dude to boot it. My, mine's definitely mellowed out a little bit, but. Uh, Freedom Media Corps says, love the pace and speed of Pet Cemetery." Ooh, that coffee is cold. Yeah, so Pet Cemetery is probably, it's right up there with my favorite books from Stephen King. That one, uh, Firestarters, another one that I absolutely love. And there's a, a series, that one's coming out in the new movie soon too. But Pet Cemetery, if you are a mom or a dad, you know, if you have kids, that is a heartbreaking book. Uh, in Freedom Media Corps, November 23rd, 1963 is so good. I love that. That's the JFK book. It's a time travel book, guys. If you're not into time travel, it's still really good. And for some reason, the thing that stuck with me the most was how this guy would bring hamburger back from the 60s and sell it in his diner. And everybody said he had the best hamburgers because the hamburger was just so good. <laughs> I don't know why that stuck with me so much, but I loved it. It was, that book is so good. Um, those super twangy Southern accents drive me insane. Letty says, kills me to talk to my man's family from West Virginia. I can believe it. Martinson family says, Ashley is a newfie. I grew up on the, um, well, I don't even know, kind of right between the Annapolis Valley and the South Shore in Nova Scotia. So we definitely have a bit of an accent, but it's nothing like Cape Breton and it's nothing like Newfoundland. And I have a hell of a time talking to Newfies because, whew, anyway, that's another story for another day. GDR says a good narrator can pull off even a mediocre book, but a horrible book is just horrible, as is a bad narrator. Ain't that the truth? Rational Anarchist says the Stand and the Dark Tower series are my favorite of his. The Stand is my favorite. Another confession time, I've never finished the Dark Tower series yet. I've read every one of his standalone books and most of his short story collections. I personally hate fantasy. Loves, love sci-fi, hate fantasy. And so last summer I started the Dark Tower series because uh, Leo's on Zello. If you guys know him, he he said, you got to try it. And I really liked the first one. And I, the second one was okay. And that's as far as I got. Uh, Cycle the Werewolf was a good short story. Little Klondike said that was later made into a movie called, yeah, Silver Bullet wasn't very good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Rational Anarchist says he loves to shit on Mississippi, but I still enjoy his books. Ain't that the truth? Letty says uh, 11, 22, 63 was all right. I enjoyed the story, but didn't feel like King to me. And that's so going from 11, 22 to 63 forward, about 50% of what he wrote does not feel like Stephen King, but it's still great stuff. Billy Summers doesn't really feel like Stephen King. The, what else is there? Like I said, the, the one that takes place at a fair, I can't think of that one right now. That again, those two hard boiled crime novels, neither of those do. Mr. Mercedes series is kind of anti King as well, but it's all really good in its own way. Um, Margaret Oliver says, I love talk radio until my favorite host was gunned down by skinheads in his drive. Holy shit. There's gotta be a story behind that. If you, uh, if you can share a link, I would love to hear about that. 
And little Klondike says, want to talk about accents. I'm from South Louisiana. Louisiana has its own accents. We had, um, I had Phil Rabley on the other night from the, oh my God, what podcast is he on? The Matter Facts podcast. He's an awesome guy. And he was just, yeah, he doesn't have too bad of an accent, but Louisiana is definitely thick. And Rational says, I have friends from uh, Louisiana. They sound like New Yorkers to me. <laughs> cool story. The uh, Cajun kind of lifestyle came out of the Acadians from Nova Scotia. They were expelled when Britain took over from France in Nova Scotia, got rid of all of the French people, sent them down to Louisiana, basically expelled them, and they walked back. <laughs> they are tough people. That's all I can tell you. Uh, and Freedom Media Courses, yeah, it was sad when it ended. The 50s in America was magical. He did a masterful job of, se of setting you into the setting. Yes, absolutely. And it's pretty good. It's a little... It's a little wordy, and I know that's saying something when my favorite book is the unabridged version of The Stand, but it is, it, I, I really, really, really liked the first movie, and the second movie was just something a little bit different. And yeah, oh, and I've been, yeah, speaking of talk radio, I've been going back and listening to Art Bell, the, um, if you guys have ever listened to him, I never even knew who he was while he was alive, and he since passed away, and I found out about him, like, Oh man, his show is right up my alley. I've been listening to, uh, well, his show is called Go, uh, Coast to Coast, and he used to do Halloween episodes called Ghost to Ghost. And of course, when I was in high school, I loved all that stuff. And so I've been going back. He was a great interviewer. He just always got on the side of the people he was listening to. His intro is fire. I'm going to redo my intro a little bit and kind of uh, use him as a bit of inspiration, but I love listening to just talented people. And he was absolutely talented. You know, he lived till he was 72. So he had a good life, but he was still seemed like he was, had lots left in him. Freedom Media Corps says Salem's Lot, my favorite vampire stories ever. To this day, if I wake up with anything scratching at the window, I about wet the bed. Salem's Lot is great. And if I remember, I'm pretty sure they're working on a new series about that right now, but I'm definitely excited for Firestarter. Um, uh, James says, aren't, uh, Tim, aren't you in the eastern part of the U.S., Pennsylvania? I am not. I am in east central Alberta, Canada, the prairies, the frozen tundra. It is just, oh, yeah, it's cold up here. It's a great place. It's as close to Texas as you're going to get in Canada, which ain't saying much. Uh, yeah, Margaret Oliver says, coast to coast has been a winner for years. And GDR says, Art Bell took me through a lot of long night runs when I was trucking. And uh, yeah, so I can... Uh, you know what? So I don't, I've been finding a bunch on YouTube right now. That's the best place to get them. A lot of people, you know, smaller creators just share some of his stuff. So I don't know where the, the copyright lies in it, but his shows are great. They even have the music in them, which, you know, whatever, but I love the ghost to ghost is incredible there. He just, he lets you, he lets people tell a story and he believes everybody. He is an absolute fervent believer of who is on the show at that moment. So, it, yeah, I don't know. I really enjoy it. Um, James, I will, if you follow me, I don't know which social platform, but I will see what I can find and I will try to link some or I will try to throw some into the description of the show for you. Um, and National uh, Rational Anarchist said, working night shift. I've always wondered if he, uh, you have beloved, I think, believe. <laughs> yeah, so this is my thought on Art Bell, right? 
says working night shift i always wondered if he believed any of that shit he was talking to people about twilight zone level stuff and i wonder that too and of course there's no way to know for sure so he was either like he he comes across like fox Mulder. so if you're an x x files fan fox believed in everything scully believed in nothing and Art Bell comes across like he believes absolutely everything anybody ever tells him. I don't know if he did or if that was just his character he played on TV, well, on the radio. But either way, he had a way of getting people to talk, a way of getting people to open up. And he was just damn entertaining on top of it all. Just, yeah, I, I enjoyed him. And I'm. it's a shame because I would have listened to him back in the day and I, I didn't know. But uh, yeah, don't worry about that, James. Um, we are. Uh, everybody we talked to so many people online here it's hard to remember right but um but yeah so i i don't know um i i wonder that about art because you just you, you can't believe everything but he had everybody on there he had a prepper on there the other night i was listening to from 97 so it was you know just after the advent of the internet and this guy was from montana hey chicken hockey says i love x-files i love x-files and i love nostalgia there's something about the old times yeah it, uh, the time traveler stuff. Yeah, I, I was just crazy for the time travel stuff, Margaret says. Uh, have a good night, uh, Ration, uh, Rational Anarchist. It was so good to have you in here tonight. But yeah, it. Um, I don't know. It would just be cool. It would have been nice to pick his brain, but I'm sure he wouldn't have told us, but it would have been cool to know if he really did believe all that stuff. But it's fun. I enjoy going back through. I like listening to it. And like I said, I was always into that kind of stuff in high school. It was always very, very enjoyable. Um, James says, I used to work the overnight shift in a body shop. I listened to coast to coast every night, such nostalgia. Um, so <laughs> Chris Dixon says, just say no to X files. Okay. Just say no to anything. So let's say the first seven seasons of the X files was great up until the first movie or the next season afterwards. And then all of a sudden they replaced basically the two main characters. Those last two seasons were pile of dog shit and then if you want to go back to the two seasons of the reboot they're almost unwatchable but the first like seven-ish seasons of the x-files is some of the best network television and plus i was like 13 when it first started and i just i loved loved the x-files because i was right into that like i remember I used, i've told the story a few times i used to buy these i gotta try to find them online there were these like conspiracy magazines that dealt with uh spontaneous human combustion alien abduction and i don't know if i even believed it but i just found the stuff so intriguing and little klondike says that's definitely one of my favorites x files is and uh, james says i knew it was somewhere cold i live near oh twin cities minnesota oh nice man we got a lot of midwesterners and like the the podcast we do fireside freedom is kind of a midwesterner theme and i mean we're just a little further north right sometimes they call it northern north dakota up here but yeah, I enjoy the X-Files. But uh, and Letty says, hey, and yeah, yeah, right. You're not far at all, are you? Uh, Letty, uh, Letty's in Wisconsin and loves Chicago pizza. Uh, Margaret says, the portalet monster scared me to death while I was traveling with the, the 10 fares. <laughs> Mid Bonnie Blue says Midwest here, Missouri. Yeah, we've got, this has been a, this has been a great episode tonight, guys. A huge crowd. I enjoyed it. We got to do this more often. But I, I like the idea. If you guys are up for it, and uh, well, once I get back from Living Free in Tennessee, the spring workshop, we can put together, I would gladly do a, a monthly roundtable where we discuss 
one volume each of the Going Home series because I cannot believe how many people in our community are reading that right now. And a lot of people just seem to have picked it up for the second time around all of a sudden. So I enjoyed it. Wow, we've, yeah, we have been an hour and 15 minutes, guys, and this just flew by. It's one of my favorite episodes in a long time. It's some of the best. Yes, Letty says, let's get the book club going. I agree. We will um, keep it on the back burner. Chris is in, absolutely. And when I get back, because I really have, I won't have any time to even think about it until I get back from vacation, and that's okay. But you guys will have new content coming out from me the whole time I'm gone, so don't worry about that. And I am going to try to do some live streams while we're on vacation. I wasn't going to. Becky's like, bring your shit. We'll do it. So, okay. I, I love it. I mean, this to me isn't work. I enjoy podcasting with you and enjoy sitting down and chatting with you. And uh, Letty said she'll reread. Chris is in. And Margaret says that sounds like a great book club. I love that idea. I think it'll be great. So, yes. Yeah. Letty and I are going to be meeting in person at the LFTN uh, workshop. That'll be great. Yeah, we will. We'll make that work. Maybe we could get uh, Amy in on it. I bet you she'd want to. Um, and, okay, so what do we get coming up in the next few days? Tomorrow night, we got Nate from Nate LeMaster from the Two Chicks Homestead podcast. Just an awesome guy. He is going to, oh, Bonnie Blue says, oh, okay. Um, wants to know what living free in Tennessee. I'm heading to East Tennessee for Passover week. It is, um, so... I'll have to fill you in on that. Uh, Nicole Sauce, a good friend of mine, has a podcast called Living Free in Tennessee, and she has a spring workshop. Unfortunately, I'm pretty sure the tickets are all sold out at this point. But if you're around and wanted to meet in person or whatever, I'm sure if, if it was the same weekend we're there, I'm sure Letty and I could definitely meet up. That would be fun. But yeah, she has, yeah, Nicole, so I just, yeah, I'm going to be down there speaking on entrepreneurship. It'll be, it's a really cool kind of workshop, and um, I can send you some links to all that stuff too. Um, yeah, so tomorrow night we got Nate coming on. He's going to talk about emergency comms, ham radio, you know, handheld radios, the whole works. It's going to be a great episode. I love that. And then what do we got coming up? And then we'll have a Thursday episode. Um, I'm going to have a replay of the after party coming up for you guys for an audio on Wednesday. Thursday will be repairedness. I believe Thursday will be my last live show my last scheduled live show until I get back from vacation. But yeah, this has been, I, yeah, I'd sit and chat all night guys, but this has been a great episode. I think we'll call it. It's been just shy of an hour and 20 minutes from here, guys, just keep, you know, keep on keeping on. We've got a great crowd coming in from um, the telegram group. I love the telegram group. So just keep coming in and chatting and, and sharing. You guys have any episode ideas you want to talk about? I love these media episodes and they just seem to get a lot of traction. So thank you guys. And if you want to keep the chat going, just go by Telegram and you can, I'll be in and out all evening. We can do some more chatting there. So guys, I say it, but I appreciate the conversation. I appreciate how long you guys are willing to come in and hang out with me because you can do absolutely anything. And from here, guys, as always, stay happy. Stay healthy and have a great week.